going on, everybody? Welcome back into the Dogs Basketball Podcast. No fights on the day, as we did lose this past Saturday night, but we're looking ahead. I am Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. Noah, it was another close game, as we honestly predicted uh, the other night, but it was one that we can take from again, knowing how close we were, being that third game on the road, and now we're at home. Yeah, we are going to be back at home tomorrow night. Uh, I thought it was a pretty uh, pretty decent effort the other night from most of our players. Uh, um, we battled throughout. Had a had a good. I thought we had a pretty solid first half. Uh, not ended up having the lead at the half though. But uh, yeah, it was pretty a pretty gutty effort for us. And uh, yeah, it's another thing we can take on and uh, look back at the film and learn from it. For sure, and we know that they were looking at the film probably today. Or right away after the game, Brian did have a presser today. We will discuss uh, as well as some other things, definitely around the Valley, some more close games as well. There was actually one blowout the other night of the one of the, probably the only. So we'll get to all that. Yes, we did want to talk about this loss, 81-76 to 76 loss. Yes, it was another game where the chances were there, the opportunities were there. Uh, you know, it shows also that, you know, Again, and we'll get into it, uh, Marcus Damask had a rough start, and I think that honestly could have been the difference. He ended up with 20 points, even though there were a lot of points at the end that, you know, not, not saying they gave us, but, uh, you know, it's always those points in the game where uh, they don't allow you to make to get shots, but you, like, draw up some plays, and somehow they always go in for teams. There were also some slop-ups, so we'll get to specifics on players, Noah, but let's jump into the first-half box score or I guess how this uh, game started. Donovan Clay, who was a menace in this game, especially defensively on Marcus Damask, uh, we'll jump into, but he kicked off the game. And Noah Steven, you predicted, because it was one of those where we've been dogging him, honestly. And we're, for, you know, like I said, we talked to him at the open house. He's a good guy. We like him. He's important. And he kicked off the game with a three, and it led to his big performance we'll get to. Uh, Donovan was the main scorer for them right away. Noah Kyler had a jumper, kind of slopped it in there, but he looked good offensively. Isaiah Mosley got going. He, uh, you said we had a good first half, definitely on him. How else did this game get going? Yeah, it was one of those where uh, you had to have a good start, especially against a really good team like this in the Valley. And uh, we were able to jump out to a 13 to six lead, and uh, that's where things really. That's what got them. Um, they really started getting going then. Uh, Prim and uh, Mosley and uh, Donovan Clay and Jalen Minette, the transfer from IUPUI, really got going there, and they tied it up. And that's when they took the lead. Um, I believe it was 21-18, to 18, a three by – a wide-open three in the corner by uh, Jamonte Black, I believe it was. So uh, um, they took the lead then, and uh, we battled back right before half, but it was pretty pretty even first half. I thought we'd done a pretty good job. Um, we know what Mosley is. I thought we did a decent job in the first half. Uh, I know we had a bigger second half, but overall, I thought it was a decent, good effort, and uh, we battled, though. Yeah, talk about it. <laughs> I mean, that's an all-time, it seemed like, second half that Mosley had. I know he got a lot from the free throw line. You mentioned at some point in this first half, uh, Anthony hit a three, and we know, I think they said on the broadcast, and we were like, yeah, he hadn't shot a whole lot. He shot about maybe twice. I don't know exactly what they said, but no, they, he imprinted it all night on our bigs. Whenever we'd have the high handoffs like we always do, and we'd face up and get something off another far screen. 
Brim almost had his head in the hole like we were Todd in general, just playing really far in the paint, almost daring our bigs to shoot every single one. And Anthony made the one, and he let him open. You know, some little hesitation from Anthony. Um, that's only one he made. He did not shoot well in this game at all. Um, and Prim gave it to everybody. We know J.D. and Kyler will never shoot that, and that's honestly what we've said, that we should have played on certain bigs. You know, I've said Ben Cricky. We know he can shoot it, but you want to give him the opportunity to see if he can. I remember Cricky did shoot in that game, and he didn't shoot it all that well from three. And even bigs we played this season, and hopefully moving forward, it's even Prim shot threes in this game, and it was not pretty. So that's what we should do to people. Hopefully Brian saw that and said, well, if they do it to us, we can do it to them. Anthony made him pay once, and like I said, didn't from there on out. Steven was really smooth in this game. He had that three. Uh, he had some smooth jumpers. He had some con contested threes. Noah, he is so smooth in his shot. Um, we'll get to what he said after the game as well. You said Jalen Manette. He is a sniper, 100%. Uh, Donovan was getting. We had. We gave them. Or we gave up some easy baskets. You know, at certain points of this game, kind of early in the shot clock, like Brian talks that he wants to prevent. Um, and yeah, Lance wasn't his best game yet again. Him and Luke Kai were going at it. That was a perfect matchup for both of them. He had a three, and then yeah, you mentioned Jamonte Black got going as well. So yes, a lot of, uh, like I said, Lance made a couple of threes for sure. Uh, Steven made it. He tied it at 29 with his own three. Uh, I mentioned Luke Kai. He went, his, went on his own little stretch, offensive boards, layups, city from him. He was smooth. He He's... He seems like a little stocky. We mentioned like a bowling ball, kind of like Lance, but he's definitely talented. You wouldn't you wouldn't notice it if you if you look at him. But Marcus made it through with 40 seconds left to give us the lead in the first half, Noah. And then Jamonte Black had a wide open three. This was something that even we'll get to once again. Brian got asked about it. That maybe that kind of swung things, and that can kind of be the difference in a game. Noah's uh, Prim got it. I think it was Kyler on him. Or somebody and Cash, who had Black in the corner, tried to go steal it and try to double team. But Prim, of course, you know, made a great no look pass kind of right to the corner to, uh, to Black and he nailed it to give them the two point lead. And that's how it happened. We, we got a look at the end of the first half uh, from Marcus and it didn't, nothing happened. But no, that was elite passing from Prim and probably something we, we shouldn't have done on Cash's part. Yeah, it was a, it was a good attempt. Uh... Especially Prim, he, as as good as a player he is, uh, he's hard to double because he's too good of a passer, and he'll find the open guy, and that's what happened there. It was a, uh, it'd been good if we got the steal there, but yeah, he's his awareness is too good there to uh, try to make a gamble play right there, and it it, it costs us. Yeah, and even Brian said when he was asked about it though that uh, that wasn't prepared. It seems like one of those where it's like, hey, if Prim gets it this high, you know, make him pass it, kind of. Get, you would think that that maybe there'd be a team thing that cash, but he tried to just take advantage of it himself and it just didn't work out. And, you know, that was pinpointed in the interview, but then Brian said, obviously we had multiple other, you know, things that went wrong in the game. So looking at the first half, yeah, we weren't down by two, put ourselves in a great spot for sure. Um, uh, looking at the box score, Steven led us in points with 11, Noah, three of three from three. Um, and one of the mentions I was going to get to, he now leads the Valley in three point percentage. What is the number? If you have it on you. Right now, 47.8. Yeah, 40. That's 48%. It's honestly incredible. And we know, you know, he's leading because he's probably shot. And I didn't look at it. I, I told myself I was going to. The comparison between him and, you know, some of the other scores in the league or in people in general that, like, obviously his attempts aren't, you know, anywhere near the other players. So that's what, but he's got enough attempts to, attempts to qualify, obviously. 48 is a huge number. And that's what makes 
And that's what shows. He shoots, he's so smooth that it can be game-changing. And, and it's kind of like Dalton's game last game. If it wasn't for Steve in this game, I would say, obviously, we don't win. We don't keep it anywhere close to what we did. He did step up without a doubt. Uh, so he had 11 uh, to lead us at that point. Uh, what did Marcus have? I think Marcus had like seven. Uh, I lost it here. He had four. The box score? Okay. Someone else had seven. It was uh, Lance Jones had seven, two of seven shooting, two of five from three. Um, yeah, Lance is just – he's not like it, – it's definitely showing he is still – He's playing hard, but his toe is bothering him because he's not as effective on the drive or as, is, uh, he's not as effective shooting the ball this year, and it's definitely showing. But uh, he's playing through it. He's battling, and that's all we can ask from him. Yeah, you're right. He just He's not the same player right now. And obviously, you know, before the Valpo game, uh, he had a stint of bad in that one as well that we thought with the two weeks off would help him. You know, obviously, he's dealing with COVID along with his foot. For some reason, he's just off, and I, I don't – I'm not going to say it's more than just his foot, obviously, because he could be dealing with something we don't know and wouldn't want to know about in general. But it's just weird that he's not playing up to his potential. It, it is different that if he was maybe the guy, he would be a lot better and more efficient. We know he's efficient to start the year. It just hasn't been that way. Uh, Kyler, with those four points to kick off, he did have a rebound in this game. That was only four minutes in the first half, four points. He did look good out there without a doubt. He had, a, like we said, we had kind of – had that slop in floater, and then he had a uh, uh, just something around the rims. But he looked good, and that's all that matters. Cash had five, did not shoot well. One of five from the field, one of three from three. He did make his two free throws. He looked good in that regard. And about 18 minutes, him and Marcus tied with that. Uh, Noah Trent Brown played in the first half. I'm not sure if he played in the second, uh, but he did get one three off. Or he did get in the second. I remember yeah, a three yeah. he made. Sorry. Um, yeah, Anthony one of three, so he didn't play all that, or he didn't shoot all that well. So, and then JD didn't really do much. He had two fouls in the first half, two rebounds in eight minutes. So, not a terrible uh, first half for sure. Um, looking at some team stats, so we were eight of sixteen though from three, which that was definitely keeping us in the game at that, that kept point, us in it. without a doubt, fifty percent. But we were shooting forty-one from the field. You had a stat before we went on, and we'll get to it at the very end about our stats from three compared to what we shot from two was definitely. Uh, different, um, but we had about nine minutes with the lead, uh, and just we had, let's see, rebounds, they were up, rebounded us by five, that's a big stat, but other than that, yeah, tied at six, turnovers apiece, we only ended up with eight, I'll just say that now, so two turnovers in the second half, we gave ourselves a chance, so let's jump into that second half, Noah. Yeah, real quick on the first half, uh, they just, uh, a lot of a lot of fast breaks, easy looks, and Gage Prim dominated, they outscored us 18-2 to two in the paint, and um, that's been a real key because if you looked at a lot of our games, a lot of our wins this year, um, we've won the paint battle and they just destroyed us in the first half. It's a good point, yeah, that you uh, saw that because they did kill us. Prim was down there. You mentioned the easy back or we mentioned the easy buckets. We let them have easily on the layups, Clay and Mosley, you name it. it. It was a little too easy. Two points in the paint. We were living by the three, and obviously it worked out for us. It's one of those where – you're not doing something well, but you're doing something else well to keep you in the game. You're only down by two to a game where it seemed like you obviously could have got away from you at times. So we did luck out in that regard. So the second half. Yeah, Marcus started us out. He drew a foul on Donovan Clay, um, hit two free throws, and tied tied the game up. But, um, yeah, then Isaiah Mosley got going. He hit a jumper. Um, Marcus got fouled again, uh, went, went, went one up two from the line there. So we are down one. Donovan Clay hit a jumper, and they went on a little run here to um, 
expand the lead a little bit, but we, we got back in it. Kyler hit a shot. Um, looks like uh, who else hit a shot? Steven fouled uh, Isaiah Mosley. He missed the free throw. Um, we were down five at that point with about 15 minutes left, getting re ready for the um, first media timeout. So they expanded the lead a little bit, but we kept battling. Yeah, Steven had a three to cut it to two after we were down by five. And I will say, you know, Mosley had his own stretch here of a layup and a jumper. He seemed unstoppable in the second half. When Trent did play, and we'll get to his three at some point, uh, that made it a six-point game at the time, that when he came in and played, we know the defense he can play. He made it hard on Mosley at times. You know, I want to know what, you know, he probably had at least six or so points when Trent was guarding him. And out of how many opportunities, that's what it would probably look like. But I wonder what his percentage and points and everything looked like when Trent was guarding him. Because it looked like it was kind of making a difference at times. But that's just how elite of a player Mosley is. So, yeah, after that Steven three cut at the two, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of action. Really no one – Prem had a layup, as you said. Marcus, I wanted to say, too, and we said it in our final tweet, the, the refereeing was very suspect in this game. Touchy fouls did not let them play a lot of the time. Even I'll say it even – Marcus, you know, and there was a really bad one they called on Clay that Marcus got free throws out of that was awful. Uh, obviously, it was the same way on our end, too. So the refereeing was not – they said they had – there was a woman referee who refed in a women's Final Four game. So the big-time games there, overall from the three, they were they were just were not very good. And, uh, Noah, we want to say Dalton Banks didn't play a whole lot. He played a lot. He just didn't score like he did, obviously, in Valpo. Uh, but at one – at one point, when Mosley made a three to make it a nine-point lead with 11 minutes left uh, for them, that's when Trent made his three to cut it back to six. Um, and then Dalton, Noah, you said on the last one that Dalton is probably our best free throw shooter. And obviously, Marcus is shooting at least around you know low 80s percent. It seems like Dalton hasn't really missed this year. Maybe one out of his maybe 15. Uh, but he is elite, and he made a couple here. But Isaiah matched him. Also on that, and it says foul on Trent for those free throws. That was a suspect foul. Uh, Lancer now made a three, cut it 2-3 with eight and a half left. And then we had a uh, – Lance got the rebound off of Mosley, missed shot. We went down. Lance had a three that was probably, you know, not needed. Uh, and, and it went throughout. Like I said, not a whole lot. Uh, Isaac Haney came in. That freshman made a couple big free throws. And Isaiah made 11. Isaiah Mosley made tons of free throws in the second half. Cash made some. Uh, Noah, how did this second half end here? Yeah, they uh, they expanded expanded the lead up to six or up to eight, and we were able to um, kind of almost get back in it, and uh, they let us kind of back in it. But uh, Marcus uh, ended the game by hitting some big threes. Um, some were forced, but he was getting he was able to get them to go. But uh, yeah, it's just it shows uh, their good free throw shooting pretty much closed us out because if we could if we got a got them to split a pair or maybe even miss two, we would have been right back in this game, but their free throw shooting shut it out. Yeah, it looks like Marcus had like almost 10 or a little bit over 10 straight points from like a minute down. He had like a – no one else scored outside of Marcus the rest of the way. Yeah, there were some design shots that worked for the most part, uh, you know, where they where they get it to the wing and then they have obviously a back screen to the far corner that's underneath the rim or underneath the basket pass. Worked a couple of times. Steven made one. Marcus made one. Marcus did have that slop up at the whatever. So, it, you know, obviously gave us a chance. And even thinking back to, I remember I was just watching my dad. I remember saying, uh, you know, there's so many times in San Francisco was obviously a game. We had so many back cuts, back doors for layups. 
that San Francisco couldn't stop it in the first half. And it seemed like that was the case in this game. We do it, we did it so much that they could not stop it. But obviously, you know, those opportunities are few and far between at some point, even though you can, you know, if they're gambling, you can, they're a gambling team, I guarantee it. And it, and it paid off at certain times. So if we just do stuff like that a little more, it could have worked out. Yeah, we lost by five. It was, like I said, a game of missed opportunities, questionable refereeing uh, with calls. And if Mark, we said again, if Marcus had a better start to this game, he didn't have a field goal until deep into the first, in the first half. If he just had, you know, better looks and scored more, we obviously probably end up winning. Who knows? Uh, seemed like sometimes he couldn't even get shots off. That's how good of defense Donovan Clay did. Noah. So let's jump into that second half box score. Yeah, looking at the the total of the final box score, uh, Marcus led, led the way, 20 points, 4 of 11 shooting, though, 3 of 6 from 3, not bad, and 9 of 11 from the line. So, and he also had 5 rebounds, 4 assists, had 3 turnovers there, um, but uh, yeah, it's another one It's another one of those games where you're not surprised how he ends up with 20, but uh, it was a pretty solid game other than uh, some uh, really kind of struggle shooting inside because... Shout out to shout out to Donovan Clay. That's just kind of defender. Um, he makes it hard for you guys, especially they have a lot of guys that can switch on Marcus and uh, give him fits because uh, he had a couple of those where he gets in the paint and he does his little leaner, but that length on them made it a little short, so he's missing short sometimes. But um, pretty solid game from Marcus otherwise. Yeah, we recall that jab step Marcus always makes. Sometimes it's called for a travel, sometimes it's not. And they really didn't call it, but yeah, but – it was getting stopped every single time by Donovan. Really, no one else could guard him. It was always Donovan was on about ninety percent of the game. I'd say ninety-five percent of the game, and it worked out in their favor. Yet nine of his points were from the free throw line. We know he leads the valley in assists. He did not lead us in this game. Dalton had five, with only scoring two from the free throw line. Uh, but Marcus and Cash led us with five rebounds apiece. I mean, when it comes down to it, when you look at the box score, you have four guys with ten or more. And Kyler almost had 10. Like, it seems like that can give you a good opportunity when you have a – it's kind of like – I think we had that in the Evansville game. But when Gibbons had, you know, about 30, you know, that you know that takes – you know, that's about 70% of the points that they had. So you look at it, well, we were spread scoring, but they had one guy beat us. That's kind of like how it was in this one. Uh, but, yeah, Lance, 10 points, 3 of 13, shooting 3 of 9 from 3. Just not good overall. He did have those four fouls. J.D. fouled out. Uh, yeah, it just – Hopefully Lance can flip that switch. Obviously with this, whether it's his ankle or not, we have three games in five days coming up. So hopefully he can snap out of it there. Cash and Steven, 16 apiece. Steven, unbelievable in 28 minutes. One steal along with as good as how he shot. Uh, Trent didn't make that three. Anthony's three is all he had. One of four shooting. Troy did not shoot. He had a pivotal turnover at the end of the game in eight minutes. But, you know, what are you going to do? I guess that's kind of how we were. But like I said, we only had two turnovers as a team in the second half. Yeah, that was that was big. That helped us stay in it. But uh, yeah, the second half was just too much Isaiah Mosley and uh, pretty poor defense by some of us. And uh, we got a, we just got they just have mismatches that we can't cover, especially a guy like Isaiah Mosley. I mean, I was wondering why, uh, especially since we were such big on um, Cash Coupette coming in here, he can make all of the difference of why why he couldn't guard Isaiah Mosley because we were we just kept putting smaller not as not they are good defenders but Trent Brown and Steven are just smaller defenders and Mosley takes advantage of that I just couldn't figure out why I couldn't cash switch on to a guy like that maybe um put some length on him 
Yeah, that's a great point. I think Cash to this point has been uh, just better offensively than defensively. You know, his his length does still help. He gets like tough rebounds with his length, but I don't think the defense has been there like we've hoped. I would I would agree with that because it seems like that would be definitely a matchup for him. I think they count on Steven and Trent for that, and we've seen both of them. You know, especially Trent get after guys around Mosley's size, just not his skill set. And Trent, like I said, only guard him a little bit. Steven did guard him quite a bit. So, yeah, that is interesting. I'm glad you brought that up, that Cash should be relied upon more than that. I wanted to say, Marcus, it's tough to watch him play defense at times. Uh, he was getting beat backdoor tons, and we got away with a lot. Of, they threw it out of bounds a lot. They had more turnovers than us in, in this game. Got away with a lot of that. And if they, you know, could just drive Marcus and Troy got beat, you know, guarding them straight up at times, and they're fast and they're talented. But, yeah, Marcus needs to – especially if he's not scoring or being efficient on offense, you better hope that he can give his best on defense. Maybe he is. It's just just not what his game is, unfortunately. So uh, that's a good point with Cash. That needs to be something that he needs to uh, – that they need to have for him or he needs to take over in that regard because that is something we expected him to do this year. Um, we shot 18 of 23 from the free throw. Only five misses. That's a far cry from the last game, which obviously could have – well, we missed nine free throws last game. It probably almost cost us. They out-rebounded us, though, by 11. We only had 25 as a, as a team. So our overall shooting and our rebounding, uh, along with we said Marcus' slow start, kind of did us in in this game. Uh, we had, yeah, we only had 10 points in the paint compared to their 40. That is also the difference. But the fact that you see stuff like that, we were good from three, right? I mean, what were we from three? 14 of 20, that's 48%. That's really good. Uh, yeah, if you, if you take away our threes, uh, you shot eight of 25. Otherwise, that's not good. No, and they, they had size. At one point they did, because I remember tweeting about it, they went zone on us, and we kind of made them pay. I remember they swung it around uh, the outside for a Lance three. J.D. had a big tip-out offensive rebound for a point we had in the game. So, um, you know, they didn't have the zone for long. That's without a doubt. But we need to get, because obviously we, we recall, every time we have, we see a stat, if we have points in the paint differential and it's in our favor, we win about 90% of the games. So, you know, like we said, those if you take advantage of those kinds of records and stats in the games, you need to seek, you know, or do them a lot. Just how the game plays out isn't always the case. Uh, so yeah, no final thoughts in this game before we. There's this crazy stat on Mosley. I wanted to say, what's your final thoughts in this game? Yeah, you you can't be too upset, but it, it's another one we probably we could have you could have won this game. Obviously, it's one of those that we let slip away, and. Uh, we let too many easy looks in their second half. We let Mosley get to line way too many times in that second half. Um, really was the difference. Isaiah Mosley was the difference. And, yeah, the, I'd say this, it doesn't mean they're the best team, but this is the most talent, talented team overall in the Valley, especially with the starting five-wise. And, uh, yeah, we battled. I just think with Lance Jones banged up, he's not going to give you the effectiveness that we're used to seeing Lance Jones. I still think – our offense is still too reliant on Marcus Damask. I feel it's it's we make passes around the arc and get a three, or it's uh, we're it's kind of like what I've been saying about you and I's offense. It's here, here, AJ Green, go make a play. We need you, and I think it's um, too too reliant on Marcus. That sometimes uh, um, we have good enough players to get other guys involved, but yeah, he makes good passes and stuff. But I think it's still too reliant. But can't be too upset on the road. Um, I think we can get a team like that at home and once they come to the Bentera Center. But, uh, yeah, it was a good good effort, I thought, for the most part, but still can't play a complete game yet. Yeah, you're right. And even 
you're, I mean, relying on markets is one thing compared to if he can like execute himself, especially when the opportunities are there for him. Uh, he doesn't take advantage of and has it this year against better competition, and, that, and that's the thing. That's something he's got to – said before, he's got to snap out of it. But, you know, we're already halfway through the season and, you know, three games in the conference. It's definitely time to – we know he can obviously get 20 or so, you know, whenever. But he does need to be more reliable in terms of executing when we do rely on him, if Lance isn't there yet. We do have – I mean, Steven and Cash – when Tyler scored so well in this game, you you have other guys to score, yeah. It's just a matter of even them executing. You can't have games with Steven where you have three straight bad, but then a really good one, you know, and vice versa for a lot of these guys. So, like I said, it's good. every game plays out differently. Uh, it's just the fact that uh, we, we do play. The fact that we lose by five and we, and we sit here and say, you know, we're not really that upset with it when we're not with our third straight um, you know, Valley Road game, second, legit. Or, you know, our first one happened a long time ago. But we take pride. If we can be really good on the road in this conference season, we know we can be a good home team. And I think that does says a lot, that we give ourselves opportunities to win. And we should have honestly won this game. Without a doubt, a lot of things happen to make it to where you don't. So I'll get to some quotes here. But quickly, Mike had a tweet about Mosley's 33 points he had against us were the most against SIU since Illinois State's Terrace Bryson scored 35 over 20 years ago, almost 21 years ago to the day that it was. And then the last player to score 30 was, no, we remember we were at the game. Javon Jackson for UTSA scored uh, uh, whatever, et cetera, at least 30. I guess he had 30, 30 on the dot. And yeah. that's, we recall that was a game that we didn't think, that was going to be the one game we didn't think we'd win in that tournament. It was the one we and that was two years ago. So it's weird. We know uh, we even played John Morant a couple years ago. He had 20-something, but they blew us out and didn't play at the end, even thinking of different times. So that is kind of crazy. Uh, and obviously this broke our streak of allowing over 70 points to a team this season. But that's the kind of team that they are. We recall they shot like 25 threes a game and make about 10 of them. So they are an elite team. We recall that they will play Loyola at some point. We cannot wait for those kind of matchups. For sure. So quickly, Stephen had talked about the post game because we talked. Obviously, he has not been good lately. He said that he know he has he knows he hasn't been good lately, but he said he came to this game locked in. He said he trusted his teammates and coaches, knew he had to step up. He says you know to get him going in games. He said he watches Steph and Clay. You know everything they do with shooting and their back cutting and how they get open. Uh, and we know he's a gym rat, so he that's why he should be relied upon more in games to get shots because it can be the difference. And then he said he – and then uh, Rodney said that him, Kyler, and Anthony, you know, have to score in games. Obviously, that's what they're there for. That's what they're on scholarship for, he said. And he agreed with that. So those three, along with others, that we have to rely on to score. And he said even – he preached and agreed that we also haven't been healthy yet this year. You know what he said? Obviously, we know Ben Harvey did not play again in this game. We thought he would, but he said they support Ben Harvey. You know, he kind of said a little bit other stuff, but – Kind of makes us wonder that if he's still dealing with COVID, but he wouldn't be on the bench if he was still truly dealing with it. He's just going through the days. It's kind of weird. And we'll know if he doesn't play uh, tomorrow that something's up because that would be two days in between games to know he'd be close. So uh, what do you think on that? I mean, it looks like we don't know. Obviously, we know what, he, what he's been dealing with him with his spleen. I don't think that has anything to do with the right now, but it is weird that he's you know, on the bench, and they say they support him, that we still wonder what's going on with him. Yeah, it's weird. It's definitely um, maybe a long-affecting COVID 
hitting him just like a, it's like a Fife up at Northern Iowa struggling to get time on the floor because his long-lasting COVID is, keeps keeps bugging him. So maybe it's something like that. But, yeah, I guess it maybe could be a spleen that could be affecting him again. Um, maybe it's maybe it's to the point maybe he needs to shut her down or something this year. I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, he could be – he's another one of those guys that we know we can get 10 points out of every night and would be a big boost down the stretch if we could ever get him back. Yeah, and it's, like I said, it just keeps being strange, even though we respect everything that, you know, that goes on with him. We just do realize, you said 10 points, without a doubt, and he's, you know, even in the short amount of games he's played in this year, he's made a semi-impact. So, if we, need a, if we get a healthy team, we'll be good. And even Steven said that, <laughs> excuse me, if they can move the ball, you know, effectively like they did, he thought they did in this game and get healthy, that there'll be an elite team the rest of the way. Uh, quickly, Brian said that obviously he was asking the presser today about how they respond after the first conference loss. You know, Matt Barney said that you know it kind of can be something. You know, your first conference loss moving forward. He said the team was disappointed. Brian said that they thought they were mentally and physically prepared and ready to go. They just didn't execute at times on both ends, and they had lapses on defensive possessions and offensive possessions. He said he preached obviously Missouri State's talent, but everyone. He said the whole team's excited for the next opportunity, which is what you have to do in this in this. Uh, Conference, as even Nick Hill says in the conference, that you'll get you'll get killed if you you know look in the past. You gotta look, you gotta move forward. And he said some other stuff throughout the game, and even stuff that we uh, would see ourselves and know that you know that was the difference. So it is unfortunate, like we said, a five point loss that easily could have been a win, arguably. But we move on for sure, and we're back to be at home. We'll cover. We will preview the Panthers of Northern Iowa, who are four and one in conference, coming in here red hot. We will get to that, Noah. Let's check about. Uh, what else happened around the Valley recently? Yeah, we will check around the Valley here real quick. Um, there were some pretty good games the other night along with our game. Um, we do know that Tuesday night in overtime, Northern Iowa at home against at home against a uh, shortened benched Indiana State team only had seven players. Um, the Sycamores game, all they wanted, an 80-74 win at home for the Panthers. Noah Cardle led the way with 17 points. Um, Good showing by Cam Henry. He's going to be a problem when we play them, so that's a guy to watch out for. Then on, also on Tuesday night in double overtime, um, we thought Valpo was going to knock off Loyola, um, but another overtime game, Loyola's able to uh, come back and uh, rescue themselves from a win. Uh, Norris with uh, 23 points and uh, two threes at the end to um, put the game away. Yeah, double OT, double OT is crazy. I think we when we talked about it, you know, before, Loyola seems vulnerable at home to an extent, and they seem obviously beatable. You know, that says something a lot for them to be able to finish games. You said near the end, I wasn't able to watch at the moment, that there was some, you know, like Sheldon Edwards had a bad shot or wasted too much time off the clock or something that benefited Loyola, right? Yeah, it was at the end of regulation or either the end of the first overtime. Edwards uh, um, just dribbled at the top of the – Top the key, then he tried to shoot a three over Lucas Williamson and got blocked. So it was not a good, not not good crunch time play by Valpo. They had some key turnovers into regulation and had another one and another bad possession at the end of the first overtime. What's crazy is they played and looked like the team that could be a sleeper. You know, we beat them at their place. And again, uh, Anderson did not play in this game. I thought he was going to. I thought that's what Lodic, uh, you know, kind of hinted at in a sense, but he didn't obviously play. I'm sure he's close. Um, and he would make a difference. And even you said Rudinger 
Probably made a couple turnovers. He had eight points. Kobe King had 16, but Noah Cricky only had four. Only shot three times. He really wasn't in foul trouble, but he played 34 minutes and barely did anything. That shows Loyola's length and size to be able to hold him to that. But Loyola or Valpo did look good and look like a team that, you know, when we see them even at our arena, uh, we'll be glad that we beat them in third place because they, they can be tough. And then, yeah, looking at Loyola's side, you're right. Norris can get going five of nine from three. Tate Hall has become a really good scorer for them having 13. Uh, Schwieger got, uh, I think he was in foul trouble, but he only had five. And then Chris and I, we mentioned his mismatch ability. And then, yeah, the UNI game, you got to give credit to Indiana State. I think Josh uh, Schertz is definitely you know, already a top-notch coach in this league from what he's been able to do with that roster. So uh, UNI escaped in that one. Uh, we thought they were going to lose at one point. You were texting me they were down by double digits, and then they stormed back. That says a lot about them as well, but they were at home, as was Loyola. So we'll be seeing them soon. So what happened else on Saturday? On Wednesday. Wednesday. Uh, yeah, Bradley uh, hosted Evansville, blew them out 79-47. Um, Rink Mass, big game at 23 to uh, end the route of the Purple Aces. Um, then looking at the other game of the night, Drake hosted Illinois State. Pretty good ball game, but uh, Roman Penn and uh, Tucker DeVries carried Drake to win over the Redbirds, and so uh, that's a good another good win for Drake. Uh, Illinois State's looking like a team that uh, we everybody thought was uh, going to be just uh, everybody going to roll over them and sweep them this year, and they may not win a Valley game, but they turned out uh, they uh, they're capable of beating anybody, and uh, they could. Uh, end up not playing on Thursday night like everybody thought. Oh, they'll be a threat, without a doubt. When you get guys like Kendall Lewis dropping 20, Reeves had 15 on 13, but then you got, you know, Chapman, who I mentioned on the previous spot, someone will have to, uh, you know, take into account, had 14 off the bench. Yeah, you're right. They only played seven guys. So they did the most with that as well, with Drake being at home. You said DeVries and Penn definitely carried him. Roman with 27 minutes. Uh, we said that he obviously he's still dealing with an injury, as is Hemp Hill. Uh, who did not play. So, yeah, it, it's definitely interesting uh, and how this Valley season will play out. And, yeah, Bradley killed Evansville. Feel bad for Evansville at this point. They will be what Illinois State thought we were yep. going to be. And there's something quick here. I remember seeing on the TV when we were watching uh, about close calls that the Valley had played 17 conference games, that 11 were one score that led uh, the most close games nationally out of any other conference. And I, that was at the time of our game – and then I guess there was one more, but that was an 11 point. So I guess it's still at 17. So that's definitely something we knew what would happen in the Valley, and that's something we expect. We want to be deemed a conference with a lot of parity and a lot of good games. So uh, that is from the Valley. Now let's check. There was a net update, but let's get to what the standings look like right now. Yeah, looking at the standings for the Valley, um, at the top, not surprised, uh, Loyola 3-0, um, 12-2 overall at the top. Then you have Northern Iowa, who's on a four-game win streak, four and one in the Valley. Uh, then Drake at three and one. We're fourth at two and one. Then we have behind us is uh, Missouri State at three and two. So uh, if the season ended now, next this weekend was Arch Madness, you'd have a four or five matches so against Missouri State again. Um, so that would that'd be one to watch. Then Bradley at two and three at six. Then we have one and two Indiana State and Illinois State. One and four Valpo. Um, they're bound if they don't win this weekend for Thursday night. Then Evansville is 0-4. Not sure they're going to win a Valley game. No, I I definitely don't think so either, we, even though we know they can score points. Uh, 
quickly, I remember seeing before our games that other night, they had a quick like update on what the uh, Arch Madness bracket would look like. It's whenever we were the two seed, Noah and Drake, Missouri State, Loyola were all at the top bracket, and we were down here with you know, Bradley, Valpo, whoever. That would have been definitely ideal, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would have been the best-case scenario, but uh, looking at it now, it's not going to happen. No, unless we go on a run ourselves and even get up there to that, but we say even if we take a we don't want to play on Thursday. That's of all costs. And we'll get to those scenarios down the road. There is a guy that tweets about it uh, every after every couple games about what the scenarios are. So Drake is 10-0 at home. That's something. Just looking at these records, Bradley uh, is not good on the road. We really aren't good on the road. A lot of the bottom teams aren't as well. But like you said, we've seen Balpo, or Loyola and Drake vulnerable at home. So Missouri State, two losses have been really close ones. So I think they could end up being one of the teams to beat without a doubt. Near the very top. So now, Noah, what, what's the net look like? Yeah, looking at the net, it's updating here. Uh, we're dropping, um, I believe, um, Loyola's now top. Uh, I think they've cracked the top 25. They are at 21, so that's big. The have a team up in the top 25, uh, still not sure how they're, I guess maybe their close games are keeping them out of the AP poll top 25, would you think? Yeah, for sure. We know they play good teams, and even the San Francisco win on neutral helped them as well, but they were around the same anyway, so I don't know if that really made a difference, I agree. Then we are at 145 now, so we've dropped, we continue to drop, I think our high this year was uh, like 111 when we were in our MTE. Yeah, Missouri State is 93rd, uh, Drake is 98, and then there are a couple other teams ahead of us, you and I at 116, Bradley at 119, so uh, yeah, 125 is definitely not... Uh, ideal in any sense of the word, but it is what it is. We know we've played some good teams. It's just finishing. We'd be way higher up on this list. We know we've played close games throughout the whole year. So, cool to know. We did see uh, that uh, March, or the Arch Madness billboards are outside of St. Louis, so it looks like that area is getting ready, which is a good sign. Uh, it'll be here before we know it, I think. So, uh, now let's jump into these, these Panthers. These Red Hot Panthers. Red Hot for the whiteout game we'll have tomorrow. Yeah, a team we could uh, we thought would be one of those teams that could battle for in a large bid. Um, they played the toughest non-conference schedule in the conference, finishing four and six in the conference. Um, lost their first Valley game on the December first um, at Bradley, so by two, so that was a big one. But they've won four. They beat Evansville, beat Balfo, beat Valpo. They won on the road at Missouri State in a really good game. And like I said, they just beat Indiana State. So uh, they basically returned their whole team from last year. They regained a AJ, healthy A.J. Green, and he's made all the difference so far in Valley play. Um, he's 22nd in the country in minutes, so he's just like uh, he's just like Marcus Damas leading them. Um, he's leading, the, leading them in points at 17.5 a game. So um, he's a lethal scorer. So hopefully – um, we do know when he won freshman and player of the year that uh, Trent Brown shut him down in the arena. So um, maybe we can get that some something out of Trent Brown this time or one of our other guys can continue to uh, help hopefully keep him from keep him struggling against us. Then uh, looking at other guys you got to watch out for is their leading rebounder is Trey Burhow. We know we know he's capable of scoring a lot of points. Someone's averaging nine and a half not a half a game this year, but it feels like every time he plays us, he's scoring in that 15 to 20 range, it always feels like. So that's one to watch out for. 
Um, then you got to watch out for their starting center now is six six junior Noah Carter. So uh, JD is gonna this guy can shoot a little bit. So JD is gonna have a tough matchup. We know with five struggling with this long COVID, um, it's gonna be a difference because Noah Carter is averaging thirteen a game. So uh, he's now he's started four games now. So he's gonna in that starting lineup. Yeah, I think this could be a big Troy game, especially with, we know Cole Henry's off the bench as well. A big. Uh, I think we have the advantage in that regard, but it could be one of those smaller games. We don't know the status of Fife. I don't know if you followed you and I lately to see his status of people that cover the team or anything. But um, I mean, I I think he's given us fits before, and we know he's he was picked to be you know third all Valley, and last year he shouldn't have been. He struggled last year. We talked about the team that did struggle without HA. Um, I think Kyler did actually good against Fife last year, um, but. He will obviously make a difference if he does play. Noah Carter is playing elite, I would agree. And then going back to AJ real fast, he shoots about only, it says like 13 times a game, which I don't know if I trust that or oh, believe it. He gets the line when he wants. He gets every call. So, he yeah, he does that. So he probably shoots a lot of free throws. I was going to look. He probably shoots 13 free throws or more a game. He shoots more free throws than he does field goals a game. I promise you that. I probably And he's shooting 87%, so a guy from the free throw line. So that's a guy you don't want to foul. He's only he's shooting thirty nine percent from the field. So yeah, if you can get away with not getting those you know touchy fouls on him, you know, and play smart in a sense, that you'll beat him. Because if you know, obviously he plays thirty five minutes a game, and if you can uh, get him the four shots like we know he does, they're not a team that really you know assists. I mean, Bowen Born off the bench leads them with about barely over two assists. So they're a team kind of an I would say an ISO team, but they're a team that doesn't. You know, take too much pride probably in passing. I think Brian touched on it a little bit, but AJ also averages two, two turnovers a game. And yeah, Noah Carter thirteen, as you said. Heiss eleven. Uh, Burhau around ten. So and you know, even guys like Pickford and Kimmins, guys who haven't made a huge difference this year, definitely in points regarding. Uh, but they're obviously guys that could probably kick into the gear with us. We know they're deep. We know they're talented as well. Uh, quickly they. They score about 75 a game compared to our 66. They allow about 70, so another iffy defensive team. And I'll get to a quote that Brian was asked about their defense. And we allow, after the Missouri State game, around 61. What was it, like 59 points something? Which I'm sure that still leads the conference. Uh, we shoot about 40. They shoot about 47%. We shoot about 46. Uh, they rebound more than us. Hopefully that doesn't happen tomorrow night. Assists are spot on, about 13 apiece. So, of course, they're even with us after I just dogged it. And then we have about three blocks a game. They only have one. And steals is about even around five or six. So, they are on that four-game winning streak. Um, take into account, I mean, listen to these scores. I mean, they beat Val they beat Evansville in the first or the second uh, by 22. They beat Valpo by almost 30. They beat Missouri State by one and then beat Indiana State in overtime. So, they've had kind of blowouts and then close games. We mentioned going into Missouri State, both teams were playing – us and them are playing really close games, and you and I have played the opposite. They've picked about 52% chance for us to win. Uh, I don't have any spread or over-under, do you? No. Which is Not sad. yet. Which, not yet, yeah. Of course, we're the day before, though, and it seems like it always happens. We know there's been fluctuating of schedule, so maybe that has a little bit something to do with it. But, yes, it, and I mentioned it is a wideout. Uh, everybody should and have something to know before you go about the mask policy if you don't know that already if you plan on going uh, to bring one because they will say something to you about it probably but yeah I think we've won seven straight home games including all six home games this season 
Um, and we, we do recall AJ was picked for the what the preseason Larry Bird, so yep. uh, we know he's always clearly a factor. We've held our first 14 opponents under 70 points this year. That's the biggest streak since our great Sweet 16 season. So a lot of other stats here. Overall, let me get some quick quotes, and then we'll get our final thoughts. He did ask about UNI's defense. He said they're, uh, it's about us being patient and uh, being more important with us playing, or they play a good five-man defense. we got to make sure the ball is moving and having good spacing with the patience. Uh, he was asked about how to prepare for them. That they have, they've had ups and downs this season. They've they've dealt with things with uh, uh, you know COVID and injuries, and their non-conference was crazy, as we know, like we talked about. And he, but he said they have tons of experience. We recall, obviously, they won the Valley uh, regular season a couple years ago and got bounced in the first round uh, by that Valpo team that went all the way. And but they have great offense, spacing, and shooting. And like I said, they have crazy experience. And Brian was asked about the three games in five days saying it is challenging with the schedule. But he, he did revert back to last season. We were playing back-to-backs and hope, said hopefully that will prepare our team better. But he said they're still having walkthroughs and practices the same way. It's just all about preparation, and they're excited to be back at home. So, no final thoughts. Yeah, it's a, it's a big game, especially uh, if you think about it. Um, this shows you where we can be. And if you think about the t- top four teams in this league, this is probably the team you match up best against, uh, especially – athletically and uh i think this is a big game especially a big three game homestand in general coming up in the valley you don't get a lot of chances like this uh getting teams like this in a row so it's a big one i think it's another we always talk about this team bounces back somehow always uh no matter how how bad they play or lose a close one so uh it's it's gonna be a good game um what can we do against aj green that's the biggest question we know they have other guys they can go to, like I said, it always feels like a Trey Burhow kills us somehow. But, uh, yeah, it's a big game. i like to see who's the matchup. I think it will probably be Steven against A.J. Unless Trent can play more minutes because we know how well Trent matches up with him. So, uh, it's a big one. It's another bounce-back opportunity, especially, uh, I'd say, must-needed win, especially going to Monday night at home against Drake. Yeah, with those games we got coming up and, you know, thinking back to uh, uh, Trent Brown's defense on A.J., at that home game on that uh, great win that we had uh, in that last possession. Neil, even thinking back to his freshman year uh, on that team that beat us when we shouldn't have lost in Barry's last season, you know, we know Aaron Cook had the shot and he had the D.A.J. Green went down and scored with ease. Or actually, he made a tough shot and then Aaron Cook came down and that was the end of our season. So A.J.'s been haunting us. You mentioned Burhow also been haunting us as well. And you're right, I think it's until Trent gets in the game, uh, that Steven will be the matchup, even though it seems like, like we said, Cash is a perfect matchup for him. But Burhau is also a perfect matchup for him, even though I wonder if we would change our starting lineup. I doubt it. See if we can get a little bit of an advantage out of the gates if Fife doesn't play or start before Cole Henry gets in the game, that we can see a tr- Troy started with Marcus and see how that goes. Troy guard Noah Carter and Marcus with Burhau. Like I said, Marcus's defense has been kind of suspect. So it's all just a... Like I said, yeah, you've preached and everybody's preached our 40 minutes. We got to play one here. Like I said, they are hot. Uh, we got to kind of slow them down here a little bit, and it'd be a, it would be a nice win for us for sure, along with the other games around the valley. Like we said, at 7 o'clock tip tomorrow, it, there will be snow in the area, so everybody, uh, you know, be cautious on the way there, as will we. It's a, it's always an important game when Valpo comes. It is a wideout. They're preaching to everybody, as Brian said, pack the pound. Hopefully everybody has. Everybody does at least, I think, $10 tickets. So hopefully we can fill out 
a Saturday night game, even with the snow. Looking forward to it. So, for Nick Malone. Call Arch. We'll see you soon. Go dogs.